Hello, Beefworth. Kieran, Beefy Blake to you. Always brought to you by Masita, the number one name in sports outfitters for local sporting clubs, whatever that sport may be, from football, Australian rules, English Association football, Gaelic football, through to rugby league, a rugby onion, and any other sport you might care to deck yourself out in. They've been doing it well in Holland, and don't the Dutch teams look great for almost a century. Now down under Masita, M-A-S-I-T-A. Hello, Beefy. Hey, Finey. Don't forget Quidditch on there. You can never, ever forget Quidditch. I know that Australia played Quidditch. And if, <laughs> world, world if, champions. If you think that that's a group of um, Harry Potter nerds running around frantically with a broom stuck between their legs or halfway up their tuchus, then you're correct. 100%. Absolutely 100% right. So, Beefy, I can now, I now comfortably can say this. See, I enjoyed 365 days of sport with you and... Um, Rob. It's his birthday. I should say it's his birthday today, actually. Happy birthday, Rob, if you're listening. I know you are. Rob Rise in yourself. I enjoyed it from the get-go, but I'm a person less ordinary. Now, I can now say this because I thought Wednesday's show was just great. I, I was in the yeah. car on Wednesday night. It was just a, a, the hour flew by. It was punchy, fun, yeah. probably less X-rated, which is probably a good thing. Less smut. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. less sexual. Yes. Let's just say. Well, we couldn't help but that was just the way the stories fell that week, uh, finally, with marathon runners splitting their shorts and things. So. How, however it fell, yep. it, it fell, a, a, I didn't mind it, but for some maybe a bit blue. Well, it is 11 o'clock. But anyhow, I, I, I think the third show was on Wednesday night. Yes. And uh, I, I'd say keep on getting better, but you won't, because that was just a really, you know, punchy, fun. Yeah. Excellent program. It was. We had, did you feel? Did you feel that you'd actually did broken. feel that it was a lot better, ran a bit smoother. I think Carl, who's producing for us, he got into yeah, everybody. The swing of things. Everybody will adjust to it, and it's yeah. a great listen, people. It's eleven o'clock on a Wednesday now. Um, uh, we haven't dispensed with the four Diego's, more vice versa, and I'm happy to say that they've got their own. They're doing their own broadcasting now, so they're still yeah. very much around. Yes, they are, and I, I think agreements will be made with SEN in due course. So. Uh, it's no problems with the Four Diego's, but if you want to find, if you want to listen to all the sports news that you will you, never hear otherwise, yes. then you've got your hour. Somebody uh, said to me on Saturday, I they listened in kind of the first time on Wednesday night, and they said, "Do you know I, I, I wanted to turn it off, but I just couldn't, and I ended up listening. All of a sudden, it was midnight, and it was uh, time to go to sleep." No, no, well, as I said, I can say it now. As, as look, I I saw, I know you, so I know. But there are adjustments that need to be made, I guess, from a podcast to a radio yep. broadcast. Definitely. Because people who listen to podcasts tend to become quite familiar with you. We have to sort of assume, as much as there are regulars on radio, you're trying to win over the you know, the people who've yeah. caught you the first, first time. And I thought Wednesday was, if that's where we're at, then that's actually no, uh, a really must-listen hour on the station. Yeah, well played, boys. I appreciate that, Fanny. It's uh, And like you say, it's uh, it's very different going from a podcast where you can edit out some stuff that doesn't work yeah. into doing things live. And uh, I, I just think Rob, obviously, you know, just a bit punchy. It just was all a bit... There was more content. Yeah. And I look forward to hearing of the next Greyhound robbers back. <laughs> yes. The other thing is, as well, we, um, we actually, uh, for the first, well, first time, we took a couple of calls, and I think people are starting to actually get, you know, it's become a bit more interactive. And as soon as they realise 
a few of the segments we do that become a bit more regular, like Worst Song in the World and Great Sporting Benders and things like that, they, uh, I think people will start to like it more and more. I mean, Worst Song in the World, it, it's a great segment. It's Worst Sporting Song worst in the World. Because obviously, song, yes. if you want to listen to Worst Song in the World, then there's Fox FM, yes. there's, there's 101.9, there's three stations, and all they do is play the same screaming, yelling girls. I just can't believe that that... that the, I'm sure our parents said this, but I cannot believe young people today. And, you know, I have got a broad choice, but broad choice when it comes to music. I mean, if honestly, if I'm not listening to this station, I'm listening to yeah. um, 86.7, which is Kiss FM, which is sort of dance music. Oh, okay. But boy, oh boy, the stuff that plays for this, the commercial FM stations, there's like two or three that are for girls. And then one that's for guys. Yeah. I think Dave Hughes said it best when he worked on for one, one of them. I think he's moved now. But Hughes, he said it best. He said, oh, I got up in the morning. I really liked that new song by Beyonce. And I just turned on the radio. And I just caught the very end. At first I was pissed off. And I thought, then I thought, oh, actually, it'll be back on in four songs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you, Fanny. I actually... Uh... I've turned uh, now. I'm, you know, drive an hour each way for for work every day. It's um, CDs for me. That's how bad the radio's got. You can try SEM. Yeah, I do. I do listen. Of course, I listen to SEM. But I, do you know what? Community radio does a great job as well. PBS. Southern yeah, okay. I, I hate community radio for one reason because there's a lot of good stuff on community radio, yep. and I generally listen to it when I'm driving somewhere. A bit of a drive, yeah. And no sooner have I started getting interested in it, than I can't hear it anymore. Yeah, that's the, that's the and, downfall. Isn't and it? it's funny, the first signs of static, it's not coming back. Finally, yeah. the, fur, the, fur, the further you're driving away from it, I'm sort of hoping that I'm in. And something very funny happens with that Kiss FM, um, eighty-six point seven. Yeah, they share that band with an Arabic station. Oh wow. So there are these points around Carlton that they, they don't have a huge broadcast area. Yep. Where, especially if you're listening to something with a good beat, you know, some deep bass, it's, it sounds like it's Arabic prayer, praying. And oh, nice. It's quite good. It's quite <laughs> rhythmical with a bass beat to it. But they share their band with a, an Arabic language station. Yeah. And when it's coming in and out, it makes for. Quite interesting listening. SEN down at, uh, I'm guessing, Mentone, near Caribbean Gardens, that area, I guess, around there. For about 400 metres when you're driving, SEN shares a band with something very local to there. Caribbean well. Gardens Radio. <laughs> it might be, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I get that every morning now. Just For about 400 metres, you just get this mashup of uh, either Finey, uh, no, uh, of uh, KB or uh, the morning show, whatever. So uh, Worst radio station in Melbourne? Oh, By a mile. Bing, 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 bing. Please note that lanes one and two <laughs> in, in the, the tunnel have been closed. Okay, I noted it. Then I go back to listening. And tense, you know, what do you think I am, a goldfish? I've been in this tunnel, I've been in this tunnel, and I've heard the ad three times. Yeah. I did not forget the first. No. Ding, well, ding, luckily, ding. I haven't been in the tunnels for a long, long time. You know, I've got a friend, Grant Dickinson, don't mind naming, great bloke, Grant, great comedy writer. And I only found this out when we went for a drive once. He's got a uh, fear of tunnels. Oh, no. I mean, not like I don't like tunnels. Yeah. Like, 
Close your eyes. Until he could see the light at the end of the Burnley Tunnel. Yeah. I, he was, like, hyperventilating, and you know, not shallow breathing. Yeah. I didn't, there must be a name for fear of tunnels. Must be. It must be a darkness thing as well. I don't know. Uh, something happened to him, and I told him it was a childbirth. Yeah, I was going to say that, <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a long tunnel you don't really remember too much about. Oh, he's, you know, Grant Dickinson is a great bloke. Yep. He does. I thought you were going to say he was the voice of the Burnley Tunnel. No, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a great comedy writer. He, he points out a lot of people's names actually go back to the professions their family did. Yep. You know, back in. So yeah, yeah. He, he's very concerned about the Dickinson family. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, being from Wales, where there's a lot of people called Jones as well, you ended up being called Jones the Butcher or Jones the uh, Bell Ringer. Yeah. Or along those lines. Or, you know, if you're an accountant, you're um, Jones the Numbers and things like that. Remember you played for us that magnificent piece with um, Dean Saunders? Dean Saunders, yes. On Brian Clough. You know the funniest thing that he said Brian Clough said was? I've, I've listened to it three times. Have you? Yeah. If anybody wants to have a great laugh, just go to YouTube. The, yes. it's, it's audio. Dean Saunders talking about Brian, Brian Clough. Clough. Yeah. Famous it, football manager. Goes, you, like, you like singing, don't you? You people can all sing. <laughs> yeah. I every time he says it, I think of you because he's Welsh Saunders. He goes, do you like Frank Sinatra? Oh, he goes, get up. You people, you can all sing. Yeah. Take, he, put, he put some flowers in Saunders' top pocket yeah. and said, take your microphone out. That's it. Come well, on. <laughs> just sing. Just, I've got another. Dean Saunders got another story about Brian Clough as well. We'll have to play that. We'll play that next week. Oh no, a week after finally because uh, next week's but, our, yeah. our cup eve special. Oh, there's a preview for you. But um, he, he tells uh, Dean Saunders tells another story about Brian Clough where um, Stuart Pearce. Oh, uh, he played for West Ham for a while. Pearce. Yeah, he did. Oh, obviously, and uh, Stuart Pearce was playing for Nottingham Forest same time as Dean Saunders, and um, he played for City too, didn't he, Pearce? Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, manager for a bit, wasn't yep. he? Um, and uh, yeah, he had an ad for Stuart Pearce Electrical, and it was his brother's firm. Yeah. But um, we'll play the story. Actually, I think I might have already sent it. We might play a bit later if uh, if we got time, because I'm, I'm pretty sure Carl will be able to find it for us. Lovely. Yeah. How was Saturday night? Saturday night was uh, absolutely awesome. Obviously, uh, Australia is a new world champion, and it is Australian Jason Doyle from Newcastle. And it's a Cinderella story uh, of kind of a perseverance over a, a adversity really so uh, but yeah uh, Eddie Ed Stadium 20 odd thousand people there and considering wasn't not many people knew it was on which is a bit of a shame really yeah, considering very, very um, but uh, yeah it's the, the transformation of Eddie Ed Stadium when they build the speedway track in there is just phenomenal the people that kind of I met uh, I met on Saturday just couldn't believe what they were seeing and considering they only started building it like the previous Saturday to 5,000 tonnes of dirt went in and they build the fences and air fences and everything else and the pit area which is very different for Speedway is on the outside of the track between the track and the stands. Mm. Now every other pit area is kind of hidden away and this time you can see the mechanics working on the bikes and see the riders and see their reactions after they fall off and things like that so uh, in terms of that it's Look, it's a little bit up in the air whether the Speedway comes back uh, for another contract. They had a three-year contract, so the logistics are just that little bit too difficult to come all the way down from Europe for one meeting. Uh, I did talk to the the director of the or the race director, and there is a possibility coming back they'll put on a second meeting on the Sunday, like in Australia versus the rest of the world. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is. Um, 
So we'll just wait and see uh, of what goes on. But 20,000 is a good, uh, great effort. You know, I was at the Inkerman Hotel on oh, yeah. Data Wash. Winks yes. went down there, and a lot of the lads are English lads. And yep. they were talking about the Speedway. A couple of them were going. And, boy, are they into the Speedway League in England. Yeah. You know, cause, Absolutely. Oh, well, it's the only – Speedway is the only form of motorsport where you get matches, mm. like team versus team. You can say about Formula One, but that's – you know, that's just two people in a team. This isn't – Team versus team on a points basis on a fixture match, and um, yeah, it's uh, there's some pretty. Strong Is there a team from around Reading or Slough or something? Reading used to have a team, the races, yeah. They used oh, because be this guy was talking about it. We yep. used to go and watch the whatever the raceway was down there. Yeah, I can't remember the and, name. And, what should do? It was tiny as well. And do you know why he used Small to? Mead, it was called. Do you know why he used to go and watch it there? What? Like as a youngster, yeah, as like an eleven or twelve year old, because it was so loud. Yeah, the entire family couldn't. He he said, you know, we used to go to sleep quite early, yeah, yeah. gets dark early, whatever. Yep. And in the end, his dad said, oh, stuff it. We'll go and watch it because they're ruining our... They couldn't do anything when it was oh, on. Yeah. It was like over the back fence. Yes. They said, stuff it. We'll go and watch it. Yeah. No, Reading, very successful club and uh, just uh, one of the closest out of, uh, out of London, obviously. But Wimbledon used to have a team and uh, Hackney, uh, Wembley. In fact, a lot of the world finals were at Wembley themselves for, for many, many years. And uh, Wembley used to have their own team, so... Uh, closest, I guess now, Arena Essex, linked to West Ham. They're Lakeside Hammers, they're called, up there, but there you go. But anyway, with uh, with this, I mean, it was a m- kind of monumental Saturday night, and uh, Australia being fairly successful. Jason Crump, three times world champion. Chris Holder was world champion in 2012. But basically, I've put this package together because, you know, it, like I said, it's a celebration of... Uh, kind of uh, adversity and Jason Dawes kind of fight against injuries and just not being recognised for being world class. So, uh, yeah, wrap this package together and uh, we'll also get we'll get Davey Watt, uh, who also rode in the Grand Prix. We're going to give him a bell and uh, Come on. because that could be his last ever meeting, the Australian stalwart. So, Jason, are you ready for perhaps the rides of your life? Yeah, I've been thinking about it for nearly three weeks now. It's uh, going to be a massive night for myself and, and my team. Uh, we, we need to just be level, uh, level-headed about it all. You need eight points to clinch the title. Is it that easy? No, not at all. Um, sometimes to get eight points in a Grand Prix is very difficult. Um, you just never know. Uh, you need a, sometimes a good luck uh, gate, gate pick and also you need to have the bikes uh, firing on, on the night. Um, I know uh, having the the home fans on my side for once it's going to be a massive part of um of my success i hope for, for saturday for scoring many points but you're following in the footsteps of some really great riders going way back into history you'll only be the sixth aussie to do it yeah whoever thought that jason Doyle could even have a chance of um winning a world title um five years ago uh I was not even in the Grand Prix, and, and now I'm, I'm fighting for a, for a world title. Mate, it's a brutal battleground out there. Are you taking a risk? Not at all. Um, you're obviously a gutsy bloke because this is far from the first time that you've ridden through a pretty serious injury. Yeah, it's, um, I've got a not, a not a long list of achievements, but a long list of injuries. Uh, I've broke my neck twice. Uh, the last one was in Melbourne um, in 2015 in the finals. Uh, this was a hard one to come back from um, after Darcy Ward's uh, uh, accident when he uh, had spinal damage. So this was probably the harder one to come back from after then last year was another one to hard, another one to come back from as well. It was 
more um, mentally as well with the uh, the arm not working and um, and my lungs uh, I had badly um, bruised lungs uh, one was collapsed and nine broken ribs broken coccyx it was it was it was it was difficult not just on myself but uh, on my family uh, they they've had to be through run through all this with me and, and if I win the world title on Saturday it would definitely be dedicated to them. This is like the icing of the cake of, for the Grand Prix for myself and Chris Holder. Uh, so right in front of the Australian public is a massive thing for us. We're always racing in Poland, Sweden, uh, Denmark against all uh, uh, when they're in their hometown. So to ride in front of the Melbourne, um, the Melbourne public and also the Australian public, it's going to be a massive moment and hopefully it's going to be one that I'll never forget. Jason Doyle needs one point to be crowned world champion. His pit crew, they've been ridiculed at times. It's a Royal of the Rover story. And here we have potentially a very, very special moment. No doubt the many Swindon Robins supporters back in the UK enjoying their breakfast will be watching this on the edge of their seats. If the kettle's on, let it boil. Exactly. Go after the race. Yeah, absolutely, it'll have to wait. Here we go. Heat at number 10, and it's a great start for Piotr Pavlitsky. Wolfenden is there. Now Doyle is getting caught up in traffic! Jason Doyle! What a move from the Aussie! Jason Doyle has that lead, and it's three laps away from being crowned the 2017 FIM World Speedway champion. Doyle riding out of his skin, riding to his first world championship. Into the last lap we go. He'll be hoping and keeping everything crossed that that chain stays on, Crikey. that the bike doesn't blow up. He's coming now, round the fourth turn. It is Jason Doyle! This time last year, in hospital with injuries that could have finished his career and here he is 12 months later the official 2017 FIM World Speedway Champion <laughs> It's been amazing what a what an amazing atmosphere and what a amazing stadium I couldn't have asked for more you know uh, I wish I was a little bit fitter and I could have maybe done a bit better. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling and um, yeah, I didn't know whether I was going to get a ride but yeah, it's, uh, I'm stoked to, to get a win in front of my home crowd so um, yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing, it was amazing uh, experiments for me. Huge stadium, beautiful atmosphere, great fans. Uh, I would like to say thank you Australia, beautiful event perfect track so all, all the best things what I can say about this uh, this evening. It's been awesome obviously my result was terrible but um, it's a great stadium great atmosphere and uh, to work out with Doyle winning the, obviously the world championship but then to go on and win the actual event that's that's awesome. Here in Melbourne it's the last lap of the year happy Christmas everyone happy new year and it's a happy 2017 for Jason Doyle of the 2017 QBE Insurance Australian FIM Speedway Grand Prix in the Etihad and he is the new champion of the world Wow, what a night here in Melbourne Jason Doyle, World Speedway Champion Australian Grand Prix winner life doesn't get much better than that Unbelievable mate uh, 
Last time I was in Melbourne, I was getting carted off in an ambulance and uh, come back and defeated me demons and won the world title all in one night. So thank you very much to the Australian public for supporting um, myself and Chris while we're all in New England. And uh, this one's for the, the Newcastle boys. This is better than Lego. That final, I just oh, I want to do it for the Aussie fans. Well, do it for whoever you want, but do it for yourself, mate. You deserve every credit you get. Enjoy tonight. Cheers, JC. Thank you, everyone. Ah, it's great to be in the company of the man that the McWhirta brothers of the Guinness Book Records recognise as the number one sports fan on the planet because of his mad dash around the globe to see as many sporting events as he could in a single year. His name is Kieran Beefy Blake, the Welshman, now Australian. He has taken us on many a sporting tour. Where to next? Well, actually, we're going to talk to Davey Watt, who was actually part of the Speedway Grand Prix on uh, Saturday night. And uh, I believe it's probably, it was possibly, never say never, Davey Watt's last ever Speedway meeting as well. So what a way to go out, taking part in the Grand Prix and uh, obviously being the uh, one of the foremost Australian riders in the past 15 years. So, Davey, thanks for joining us tonight and uh, congratulations on Saturday night and on a great career. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to have a chat with you. No problem at all. Now, obviously, Etihad Stadium, and you've been around a long time. Was that kind of uh, the crowning glory for you? Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, it was a it was a great way to finish. I've um, you know I've ridden in uh, in a lot of big meetings over the years, and um, but you know that was um, you know it was a great meeting. It was great to be back home on on Aussie soil and um, and riding you know in front of fans that have you know, supported me for, for so long. And, um, yeah, and to finish off that way was just, just fantastic. Your career spanning more than, well, more than two decades couldn't have come without some dirt, some dirt and rider coming, you know, becoming close partners. Uh, <laughs> give us an idea of, look, Speedway is, for those of us who have just been introduced to it, it's the pursuit of the insane, but anyhow, I'm, I don't want to call you crazy. I'd rather call you courageous. Uh, have you um, have you got a bit of a, a list of medical medical um, procedures that have been done as a result of broken bones? Oh, I've got a pretty long list. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty brutal to be fair. I'm, um, you know, I went and seen uh, a new physio the other, you know last week i think it was and they asked me to list my uh my injuries and i had to ask for a second page yeah so yeah it's it's one of them ones that you know you you're stuck with um you know no matter what you do you're going to end up on the floor at some stage and uh sometimes it happens more often than you want but yeah look um you know i'm i'm uh going to be having a now that i finish racing i'm going to be getting uh, my shoulder both my shoulders fixed up and um yeah they've they've been hurting me for a while so i've been putting that off and um yeah i guess i've got some time sitting by the pool for a little while now because <laughs> once i get that done yeah i'm not going to be doing too much uh we're speaking to davy what well-earned feed up retirement being planned for this speedway champ now i'd describe the sport as somebody asked me what is it like in terms of motor racing i said imagine three guys on motorbikes all trying to ride at the same time through the a, a doggy flap yeah. in a back yeah. door all four of them going for the same little opening at the same time it's crazy yeah mate look we you know 
I guess we only have four riders on the track because that's a, you know kind of your limit. Uh, when when you've got four guys that are all you know just going as hard as they possibly can, and no one gives up, no one backs down, and uh, you know offers any um, courtesy to anyone else. You know it's 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 you know it's a big battle. Uh, you know every every single race, whether it's um, at Melbourne or in you know. England, Sweden, Poland, Denmark, doesn't matter where we are, you know, we want to win and it doesn't matter if it's just a club meeting or, you know, a local club meeting or world championship, doesn't matter, you know, we, I want to win every race that I go in and, uh, yeah, they, um, you know, four riders heading into one, you know, one lane of, uh, you know, pathway, uh, one track is, you know, bound to cause problems. Davey, um, Etihad Stadium is a little bit different from Undera on a Wednesday night, um, <laughs> but I mean, what's uh, what's kind of next for for you? Uh, are you going to get a, put a bit back into the sport and ha- help develop some of these Aussie kids? Because Australia, really, you know, the kids coming through is the hotbed of the of the world sport, really. Yeah, look, it's um, it's pretty um, pretty amazing to see uh, you know all these young kids and and how talented they they are at such a young age and. And I, you know, I really like teaching kids how to how to, you know, better themselves and, uh, you know, be pro- be more professional and, you know, and push themselves and and use their their mental power to 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 push their careers further. And um, yeah, some watching some of these kids is just fantastic and and helping them and watching them progress and use their you know newfound techniques is. Um, yeah, quite re- rewarding for myself and um, obviously for them and their families. Uh, so that's something that I do want to pursue. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm pretty keen to just go fishing as well. <laughs> I've got something for you, Davey. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a world record that I reckon you could go for. Okay, let me have it. Right, tell by POM. It's 78 miles per hour is the highest speed attained by a motorbike rider inside a wall of death, which is that... Sort of, you know what a wall of death yeah. is, don't you, David? The yeah, barrel yeah. that you ride in and you get up the walls on. Okay. So we can beat that. If, if the English can go seventy-eight miles an hour, we can go seventy-nine. <laughs> right. I'm. Yeah. I don't know, mate. I don't know that, <laughs> you know, I get I get called crazy all the time for riding a speedway bike, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. No, yeah, yeah. Given. By the way, given that. Um, Newton's differential differential calculus theorem was put into practice for centrifugal force and calculated 72 miles per hour on that weight of motorbike would be the maximum before it oh. before it oh, fell. Yeah. yeah, Newton, mate. Yeah, so this guy went six miles an hour ahead of, of ahead of Newton's differential w- calculus. That wouldn't have been Guy Martin. Yes. Oh, was it Guy Martin? Guy, there you go. Guy Martin. Yes. Yeah, well, he doesn't mess around, does he? No, and he's uh, he's even mad to do the Isle of Man uh, the way he does. It just uh, what what do you reckon's the most uh, kind of dangerous or the most that messes with your head riding speedway week in week eight or doing the Isle of Man TT or one of those Northern Ireland road racing uh, things? Oh, uh, look, for me personally, I think uh, you know those guys, you know, doing the TT, uh, you know, is just phenomenal. I mean. You know, riding a speedway bike was normal for me. I mean, I know some of those boys and John McGuinness and stuff, and and they all think we're crazy. But uh, yeah, we all think that they're crazy. It's you know what they do and the speeds that they do it is just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, yeah, my my hat goes off to all those guys. They're they're just 
insane. Yeah, I think they're insane. I mean, look at Guy Martin. He does uh, he does insane stuff all the time. He does now, doesn't and, he? Uh, yeah, he's he's an amazing you know writer and uh, and a pretty amazing person, really. I mean, yeah, you don't have to go to to see uh, that he's pretty pretty wild. I mean, look at his haircut. I was just going to say, I was just seeing a picture <laughs> of him. He qualifies as you got to see guy, people look up Guy Martin riding the Wall of Death or yeah. other feats. He incredible. did a he did a series called Speed, and it, it was a whole kind of crux about him chasing world records, and he broke the world tobogganing record. He tried to break the world speed record in a hovercraft, and he nearly killed himself. Um, I think he he built himself a wooden bike and rode it down a hill with no brakes and all sorts. All right, he he said the problem with the Wall of Death was as he approached eighty miles per, per hour. He began to lose eyesight because the G-force was causing such pressure on his eyeballs that he said, first first of all, everything went panoramic, then black. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you've got to do it with your eyes closed. Yeah. Davey, yeah, used... well, I don't think you can compare me to him, mate. No, that's I mean, it. I mean, that's, that's insane just all by itself. Mate, you used to ride in the UK before air fences were uh, kind of standard. Uh, what kind of hairy moments would you have going around Poole or Exeter or uh, we talked about Reading earlier, some of these places that had uh, concrete fences or concrete walls around the outside? <laughs> well, ridiculous. well, Exeter Exeter had steel fence. Yeah, so, it did, yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty pretty wild and it ended up being one of the rough tracks and, well, that I think that I've ever ridden. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty scary. Look, we fence then, um, you know, Look, now, nowadays with air fences, we always say, oh, you know, if you hit a fence, well, you know about it. Back then, if you hit a fence, you generally didn't know about it until the next day. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah, they, they really hurt. You knew you hit one. Yeah. That's for sure. Exeter was quite amazing because it was a banked track. So the speeds the riders were getting, you know, you, you go around the, you basically turn, turn right to go left, where in Exeter you just leaned into it and kind of rode yourself around. So the speeds around Exeter were phenomenal. Yeah, that was a wild place, mate. I was, um, I guess I was unlucky enough to ride there. It was such a rough and crazy track that, um, yeah, I guess I can say I was unlucky enough to ride that one. <laughs> That's it. Davey, Davey Watt, retiring Speedway rider with us. Going around bends or something. Yeah, I think he's doing it practicing. <laughs> uh, there would be pockets of uh, enthusiasts around Australia that uh, would um, know you probably recognise you quicker than they'd know their own family, but generally Australians are not big Speedway fans as yet. Could you tell us the places in the world where you guys are fated as heroes and basically are the, like our footballers or cricketers, uh, are the main main thing in the in sporting fans' minds? Uh, well, Poland is, um, yeah, Poland's the place. I mean, you know, the fans there are just phenomenal and you know, you find them anywhere, you know, you, you you can't walk down the street without, you know, somebody coming up for an autograph or, or something. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, quite handy when you get pulled over for speeding or something like that. But, uh, yeah, those guys, are, they just love their sport and they, they love playing. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. I mean, you can go to a league meeting and have 20,000 people, uh, you know, with air horns and flares and drums and, yeah, right and all the rest of it there. It's pretty wild. Um, but, you know, it just adds to the fun, I guess. Dave, have you ever fancied getting on the ice? Oh, uh, mate, that's well, a bit, really. Mate. Do your drug dealing off beefy, please, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, uh, the ice speedway is, is just, um, 
yeah, that's the next level as well. Yeah. I mean, at the speedway rider, we would say that they're also mental, you know. Uh, Have they got spikes on their tyres? Yeah, they've got one-inch spikes. They've got about 200 oh, no, metal spikes. Three inches or something. Yeah. Two, three inches. They're just ridiculous. I have no idea how that stuff is even legal. No. It's just mental, yeah. As the boys up north say, you haven't ridden Speedway until somebody's ridden over the top of you with an ice bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see that getting ridden over on a Speedway bike, a normal Speedway bike, hurts enough, so I don't need to go down that road. But we do. How yeah, often have you been ridden over by a normal Speedway bike? Right. Well, I, I, I've been done a few times, so, yeah. Yeah. Not not ice Speedway bikes. Uh, no. no. That's not for me, mate. No, that's it. Mate, well, congratulations. It's great to see you in, at the uh, at the Grand Prix on Saturday night and uh, wish you well in your retirement. I'm sure people will be ringing you to try and get an appearance in some farewell meetings and some... Uh, Whatever, whatever else comes to Queensland and the rest of Australia. So, congratulations, great career. I wish you well in your retirement and uh, all the best for the future. And can I just say, and can I just say, Davey, again, adding to my belief that the crazier the sport, the more normal the sports person. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm saying you seem like a really just you know excellent I appreciate bloke. You call me normal, mate. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, more power to you, and uh, well, well done on a great career and coming through the other side. Lovely. Thank you very much for, for having me on, boys. Dave, no Davey Watts, Speedway champ from Australia. Jason Doyle will have that conversation in many years to come. We but will. it's been part of a terrible crash. And I heard Rob Bryers and you talking about it. Was that the one where Rob was sure that he... Yeah, that was Jason get, Doyle two years ago yeah, in Melbourne. Where, I'm saying, well, people thought, well, I've seen that. Yeah. I, I, well, he broke his neck, Jason Doyle. Yeah, but so. it's... I don't even suggest people go and watch it no, because if, if you if you can you can you, see it. You can, you definitely can. And if you go and see it, you will. You probably for the same reason that we spoke last hour. Vegans don't eat meat. You won't watch Speedway. Yeah, I tell you because what, because it just looks too crazy yeah, and yeah. cruel to be something to watch. Chris Holder had one in 2013 where he basically just went straight on straight into the fence, and it, it's horrific. Yeah. Where you know snapped his leg in half and all sorts and. You know, you Jason Dill, you know, nine broken ribs, collapsed lung and all sorts. So, you know, sometimes when the new Formula One vehicles crash, you realize they're in sort of a, a safety pod or whatever, yeah. and it looks terrible, but there is, they're, very they're engineered to be safe. Yeah. I can tell you there is no engineering here that saved him, <laughs> just the good grace of whatever he believes in. Yeah. And then some, because this was not a case of saved by the technology. Oh, no. This was just a miracle. There is no technology. There really isn't. Well, another bike hits him full speed. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was in the head. Yeah, yeah. Well, he broke his neck. But I'm saying... Yeah, (laughs) I know. It's crazy. The strange thing is, if they had it their way, if they can get up and walk and they think they're compass mento, they get up and ride again. They'll be on the bike. It's it's crazy sport, and the, the closer you get to the track, I mean, I talked to a few guys that were sat up quite high on Saturday, and they you know, went to the speedway for the first time, and you know, you tell people that they're actually doing eighty mile an hour down the straights. That's the thing; they're so quick. But yeah. uh, apparently, Eddie Head's a pretty fast. It's the longest track on the on yeah. the in the series, so, so they uh, get some speeds up. Yeah, uh, eighty mile an hour. So what's that? One hundred and forty kilometers an hour. No brakes. But the thing is, they've got no brakes, and the front the front wheel has that big. You know, it's not limited by. When they do the turns, you know, they've got yep. the big range of yeah. the big, wide, o- open-turning yeah. front wheel with no brakes. No brakes. Well, I, I can just – you can see that just by over – by oh, if, if you clipped another vehicle, oh, 
That's it. There's no... You can't do anything about it. But you could almost see it happening. You could be turning and just see, well, without brakes, you've got your foot that, that, <laughs> that they're trying to plant. Yeah. More power to them. Yep. I, it's, I'll tell you one thing. I it's think... not a sport that ever would be allowed if somebody came up with it now and it didn't exist. Yeah, that's no probably, one would, no that's one would insure true. it. No one would race it. No, that's it. I, I love the way you just turned at the end when talking to Dave. He goes, and you've come out the other side. And that's, I think that's the absolute kind of uh, the, the be-all and end-all of speedway riding. They, look, they make, they make a, a fairly decent career, but uh, like I said, he's getting out the other side. You know what? Retire above ground in speedway, Yeah, and you've had a win. We're going to take a break, come back, and um, safer, though not totally safe, sport of dragon boat racing. Yeah, of course. Welcome back. Beefy Blake has taken us on a short tour, just to Eddie Had, but with uh, some of the main players in the brilliant night of Speedway that was a big feature of Melbourne's Weekend of Sport. We are going to check, catch up with some... a little bit of dragon boat racing in a moment. Well, we're going to go straight to... But just before uh, we do... Yeah. Uh, I had a... Not an anus, a... Nitus Horribilis. Oh, really? With the soccer on Saturday night. Yep. Because oh, I don't have the coverage. I need to cobble together what I can off my phone. My phone died, so then I had to oh. go to Fox Sports to get the ticker tape along the bottom. Oh, Updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, 85 minutes, Crystal Palace 1, West Ham 2. 90 minutes, Crystal Palace 1, West Ham 2. 94 minutes, 21 seconds, Crystal Palace 1, West Ham 2. Then on the next rotation, there's every game, but no... Crystal Palace, West Ham. Oh. I think that's not a good sign. No. Final scores, Crystal Palace 2, West Ham 2. Yeah. So how did Newport go? I hope you didn't have to go through that. Yeah, it was even worse. We lost 3-0 to uh, Notts County. Uh, not a great result. Well, We've good. been going all right, but there's boardroom uh, boardroom stuff happening. But uh, oh, the Welsh. this is what happens in lower league clubs. It just gets a bit... Uh, At least you can sing. Well, that's it. That's all we could, that's all we got at the minute. I but, like, um, you know what great... I like? When we take... The rest of the world on, or other countries on in their chosen sports yeah. and show them just the fact that we have a red-hot go, we can compete. Yeah, true. Did you see that, actually talking about their West Ham game, there was a brilliant picture of the week, I think, in one of the one of the picture, uh, one of the the papers this weekend in the UK was uh, um, uh, Hodgson, arms in the air, Billich, head Heads, hands. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Just, obviously, I haven't seen the goals for the, for the weekend, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was... Been unfortunate for West Ham. After, Good the, for gr- Palace. after the great win during the week against yes. Tottenham. Two down. Winning 3-2. I could watch that. It was on TV. Yes. But um, I actually saw the only bit of Premier League I saw on the weekend was uh, Man United Tottenham, actually. I saw uh, probably the last 25 minutes. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, I don't think Man United fans could be that happy. Oh, I, I just, you know, I'd, I would rather watch... A man with no fingers plucking a chicken and watch Manchester United win. I'm in agreement there, but uh, I thought Tottenham were unlucky actually. Um, Tottenham play some great football. Their their passing around the park is fantastic. But there we go. They can do it without me. We're gonna, I'd rather watch dragon boat racing every day of the week than either of those teams. Me too. Do well. Me too. It was the All Nations, essentially the World Championships for Dragon Boat Racing in China last week. And we've got Serge, who is the Australian national coach, uh, on the line. Serge, thanks for joining us on SEN. How are you doing, guys? Brilliant, brilliant. Talk us through the Australian team and uh, out to China and uh, brought home a couple of medals. Yeah, we're 
good couple medals. It's uh, around uh, 35 medals, five gold, 19, 19 silver, and 11 uh, bronze medals altogether. Uh, it means five times in our own national anthem was playing around the world. You're talking about uh, some uh, viewing some TV on weekend. Our coverage in China was around half billion people watching each trial. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Not yeah, bad. Yeah, and when yep. you talk about China and uh, Hong Kong, Malaysia, those uh, those countries, um, basically everyone grows up basically paddling a dragon boat at some stage, don't they? Yeah, they have huge festivals during summer, and basically they start somewhere in April and finish in November. They're going through the holiday period, racing all over the, all the, all over the place, China, Indonesia, and um, Thailand, uh, Burma, everywhere around the world over there. The capital of uh, dragon boarding in China is uh, Guangzhou, where it's a uh, national team trained professionally and actually earning mine. They're, li- they're earning their life, uh, their, their earnings in their life actually paddling, and we have to race against these guys. They're great, and um, we're doing our best to compete against them. In the last eight years, uh, Australian team won 220 medals uh, around the world in different uh, world championships and Asian championships. Now, Serge, I'm I'm not Sherlock Holmes, but my understanding of names and accents from Eastern Europe has you placed fairly and squarely originally somewhere from Eastern Europe. How does an Eastern European coach an Australian team in a sport that is culturally and still geographically very Asian? Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm from Soviet Union. I say that because uh, I was actually born in a small country in Moldova, grew up uh, there, but uh, did my army service in Ukraine and have my PhD education in Russia. Now, that's why if people ask me where you're from, I'm from Soviet Union. Yeah, but no, not really Moldova and Ukraine and Soviet Union, not famous for dragon boat racing? No, they were not. Actually, I was a professional athlete uh, in the Soviet Union as a canoe paddler, uh, but uh, I didn't know about dragon dragon boating until I arrived in Australia. First time I raced in dragon boating in 1998. The same time I was coaching Australian canoeing. Now, Serge, I see. Uh, I see. I've seen quite a bit of dragon boat racing in Australia. They, I mean, the two things, obviously, the sprints or the really six, seven, eight k time trials. Now, a lot of these world championships were two hundred meters, five hundred meters, and a thousand meters. Very different from what the Aussies are doing. No, actually, we're we're not racing. We have some marathon races, but they're usually not um, Australian races. They are just local races. The standard Australian races are two hundred, five hundred, two kilometers. And two, two kilometers, we're racing in a circle. Oh. It's two rounds. It's well, very, very interesting race. So we've got to leave it there. Time's against us. But I know that Beefy's clean, keen to further explore, and I am more than curious. So uh, in a couple of weeks' time, could we continue the discussion? Yes, uh, no problem. I can tell you more about Australian team and the diversity in our team also. Oh, fantastic. Love it. Love our coach. I knew that Moldova was a hotbed of coaching for such things. Well done, Beefy. No problem. We'll catch up next week, but maybe part of the uh, cup preview.